The following program is a podcast1.com production. The following program is a podcast1.com production. And here it is. Yeah, greatest podcast in the world. Uh, greatest fucking podcast ever. Uh, Mike and Drew show. Uh, very happy to be splitting the duties of podcasting with two excellent podcasters in their own right. You said splitting. Drew. Thank you. I can always count on you. Well, mind you, where, what did I say I was doing? You were going shitting. to the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. And what'd you ask? I asked if you were beating off. Okay. Huh. It's a well, w- introduce our guest. Well, I was trying to until I some I just little boy set the stage. sat down and got all. God Almighty, you and your Tourette's. Uh, it's warm in here. <laughs> Ellie Noss and uh, the beautiful Bianca Kylik, also known as my wife, uh, they join us this evening. Also known as the two ladies behind the new and exciting top five new and exciting podcasts on all of iTunes. Not all of iTunes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it is, isn't it? No, kids and family. Yeah, it's all of iTunes. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> yeah, it's a big <laughs> category. It's all of the world. Uh, they are the Atomic Moms, the Atomic Bomb podcast, at Atomic Moms on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thanks. So this all kind of came about uh, as happenstance. You know, Drew and I do this here podcast. It's, we, uh, it, I mean, it, look, I don't like to say it. It's just fucking science. It's the greatest podcast in the world. Yeah, of course. And so um, we, it's being we, challenged now. Yeah, yeah. We have by to this do one. It. Yeah. But you guys do a great podcast about women. And no. The whole, Jesus Christ. We're not at our house. You Boy, can't interrupt me. I dig it. This is the best. <laughs> about women and the process of giving birth and then being a mother. And, be, and No, it's about parenting overall. Like, it's not it's just. It's mostly about women parenting. Do you have guests? Yes. Do you have experts? Yeah. 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 Um, Good times. I think, and, and it's just, you know, we, how did we say it earlier? It was the diversity of modern parenting, and it applies to both men and and women. And I think I, I certainly have listened to all your podcasts and I was a guest on one of your yeah. podcasts. But it is through the, the 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 experience of parenting through the prism, through the eyes of a woman. I mean, let's not. Yes, th- I, I do yeah. have woman eyes. Yeah. I mean, you de- you definitely talk about husbands. You definitely talk about male figures, but it's and, all how it relates we have to male, mothers. And we have male guests on. Sure, sure. Yeah. But yes. All right. All right. I, fine. Yeah. Yes. And. <laughs> Yes, and uh, we have experts and friends and super awesome people drop by. Not only that, but right? Yeah, yeah. Are we doing improv here, everybody? <laughs> no, we don't say but in improv, right? Isn't oh, that the rule? Not only that. <laughs> yes, and. and don't don't let. Okay, if anybody... I just have to say I'm kind of fanboying out really fast. Okay, can we just take a moment? Sure. Because uh, I listened to you, Drew, on Mark Maron's podcast. Oh yeah. And I got the chills so many times. Mm. And Did you it was so empowering no. uh, later, but okay. not because of the podcast. Yeah, right. um, and I wanted to ask you about. Um, He's a great guy. Great guy. It? Great okay, interviewer. Yeah. Everything good. Oh. I have nothing bad to say. Okay, good. Doubt, yeah. Highly doubt that's what she was going to ask you about. No, but yeah. I, I could tell she was wondering about those I kinds was, of things. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. No. Um, pressure. You, were, you talked about parental pressure and that you try not to put pressure on your kids. Yes. And, and how I did I say you know it, I'm, you're in such a zone with Mark you, you just you just give over to it so I cannot remember half of what I talked about. Um, it's so fascinating. Everyone needs to listen to it. You're incredible in it. Thank you. It's very good. But but I, I wonder if I talked about how difficult I'm finding this period of parenting to be. No, you didn't. Yeah. So I I am finding it to be the hardest. Well, well amongst the hardest. Slow down here because for the vast majority of the Atomic Moms listeners, they're not familiar with not only Mike My, and Drew podcast, but yeah. but. You as a person, right. and Drew is uh, uh, the, the parent of three amazing kids, but they're triplets. Yeah, triplets. Two yeah. boys and a girl. 
which is special. I mean, it's oh, <laughs> they're twenty two now. We used to we used to laugh at singlet monitor. <laughs> <laughs> singlet. Hey, but but all kidding aside, you know. But uh, believe me, since... no, trust me, it's plenty. It's and, uh, we did. It's unnatural what we did. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, in but, fact, in fact, the for, go ahead, finish. I was gonna say that being said, you used to laugh at single moms, uh, your no, own, singlet, but par- parents of single parents. kids. Yeah. Um, at, everyone else, everyone else in this room is the parent of just no, one I, single. No, child. I know. Hold on. And you're right. I mean, no, like no, it's no. really no. hard. It's, but it's, I, it's I, really hard. It's many really times, hard. many times, Bianca's been breastfeeding, and we'll be sitting there talking, and I'm like, this sucks. You know, you have to wake up in the middle of the night, and you're, you're, she's tethered to you, and all that. Imagine if we had three, or like, just even twins. Imagine if we had three. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, but when you don't know any difference, it's a little bit better, you know, because you just—that's just your parenting experience. It's yeah. just, you know, this this incredible. If you didn't thing. have triplets, would you have had you more? You can't children? even hold them oh, all sure. at once. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, you never, you're never, you're you're outgunned all the time. You know, you're ever, you're never three on three. At best, you're yeah. two on three, right? Yeah. And you know, for a singlet, you're usually two on one on two or two on one. Right. This is three on two. Yeah, but you could fuck up your kids. You can still beat the shit out of them. You know, and easy. and Susan. Could, Totally serve your daughter. Yeah, but I, I, I'm really interested to hear why this is the most difficult. So, so um, that that was all very, very difficult. I mean, and we wished a million times. We wished we'd written it all down or done it. It, it was the technology wasn't quite as easy then. They're 22. Yeah, now. I mean, you don't even think about that. Yeah, well, but but I mean, for in terms of recording the experience, we really oh, wish we could have. Cause, right. Because we we had a we went through it. Intensively, and we wish mm-hmm. we could have recorded something. But now it's all. But gone, were but... you also you weren't personally at a place where you probably would have the time to record? Yeah, it. and I was practicing medicine full time, and it was out of it's insanity. It was uh, my hair turned gray like very fast during that <laughs> couple of years. And but but what I'm finding difficult is uh, so now they're graduating college and they're all over the country doing stuff, and I don't know how to I don't know whether to push them out hard or to pull them in firmly or to kind of push and pull a little bit and sort of see what each one needs. And by the way, I'm trying to navigate for three of them. Uh, it, it's it's a challenging time. We just sell our house and so they don't have any place to come back to or is it uh. important that we keep it so they have a home base to operate from. Biggest thing for me is that by the time I graduated college, I was tracked in. I knew what I was doing and I had the road ahead was clear. My kids are trying to figure that out and they're f- trying to figure out in a world where the ground is changing under them all the time. And I find that very, very challenging. Do you very think? Difficult. Do you think that it's um, pretty normal? Because I know in my family, um, you know, that it was the it was the ebb and flow. Like there was always one kid in the house that, that would come in we'll for see. a little bit. Yeah, then, we'll yeah. see. And, and we want them to have a home base. We want them to feel like they've yeah. got it. That's why we kept our house. It's just to, so they have that place. That's been our. We made that decision consciously. I don't know if it's the right one or not. I mean, maybe it's better. But but none push. of them are like bums that are no. sitting oh, at no. home. Oh no, not like at all. But they could maybe they'll be. I don't but know. in a in a weird way, that might make it harder. If they because what? like for my parents, decisions were easy because they were like, honest. And I'm not trying to just for the sake of like, you know, making jokes. Like I had nothing going on when I moved out of the house. They, they were so happy to rid me of the house and me of them at the time. If they wanted to sell the house and retire somewhere else, so be it. Like sentimentality was was divorced from from us at that point um you burned them out right mm. and and there was no kind of euphoric recall to where we grew up yeah. in that place on both sides mm. you know so having three really smart really successful really ambitious children kind of motivates you to want to hold on to what got them there maybe in a way yeah you know what I'm no saying? that's right and so we're we're trying to navigate it's all it's all a navigation in parenting right yeah. everything there's no like do it 
just that way. It's always just sort of you're navigating through and trying to to get the yeah. balance right always. And Do you have different tactics for each child? A little bit, yeah. We try we try to anyway. And it depends I, on the thing. I feel like I had a lot of pressure growing up from my parents. Uh. And so now I feel like I'm going to try to not Well, I, I think daughter. I had that too. And, that, and I'm worried that that's part of what's motivating yeah. me to back off a little bit and let them figure it out for themselves. I, I, and yet I know I pressure the hell out of my kids because they all went to you know sort of Ivy League type schools right. and stuff. And the, sometimes a little bit resentful. But the, you know, your sons, <laughs> I don't... Yeah. I, I don't have like conversation ongoing conversation with your daughter but your sons they don't really bitch about it and they open up about like pressures and, t- well, and they've I'll, never I'll, they've never kind of even once intimated that you or your susan like i'll send you in to drill a little harder now okay. that they're home we'll see all what right, happens right. i the only thing i really drill them on is getting laid yeah, i know and they just <laughs> and don't I'm seem to, for that. yeah i try my best we we saw douglas pinsky last night yeah. at acoustic christmas and um i really enjoyed my conversation oh with thank him. you for that he was so grateful by the way yeah oh, he's, he's just, the best he is he's yeah. the best and he's so just um he's such a positive outlook on everything and he's just so he's matured so much isn't that crazy? in the last two years since I isn't that crazy yeah. and, and that's not all just getting older that's education yeah you know and i i tell all three of them i go look at yourselves now and how about two years ago? Yeah. You're now I hire you. I don't hire that guy that was hanging around two years ago. Right. You are a diff and they're very aware of it. They're yeah. very aware that they see he's the world a- differently, they think differently, they write differently, express themselves differently. But he's so. a lovely human being. Well, he's just I just I enjoyed so much talking to him and I, I, I felt like I had to do double duty of having a nice conversation with him because my husband spoke to him so horribly and said such horrible things. Come on. You're so crass. Wait, wait, you gotta understand something. This is, I the, know. this is the Mike and Drew podcast, uh, yeah. and our, our listeners expect that. They're going to be very disappointed that you put a bridle on him here tonight. Well, They're going to be really I don't, I'm unhappy. Not, I'm not putting a bridle the, on the, him normally, tonight. Normally, what they like is us him making me as uncomfortable as possible. That's what our <laughs> listeners, our <laughs> podcast like. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cognizant of the fact that we're sharing this podcast with the lovely ladies yeah. of the Atomic Moms, but... What I was going to say is, in my defense, not only of uh, what our listeners... Or is this going to go up as an Atomic Mom one, or ours are both? Both, yes. NBC sitcom crossover. Right. So I figured our listeners would get this <laughs> but, and go, Mike, what the hell on. is the matter with you? In, in my wife, uh, for those of you who are, are still kind of confused, one of the Atomic Moms is my wife, Bianca. Um, and I agree that I was saying a lot of horrible, crass things to Douglas Pinsky last night. he's not heard before from Mike. I right. As I, I know. Every, pretty much every but time they interact. I'm a little offended in that you you seem to just forego the fact that I, I've said a lot of really nice and encouraging stuff, too. Of, co- of course. I was exaggerating and being dramatic. Okay. But, but, but I also was, you know, it, actually, it's a, kind of a good topic, I think, to bring up here as we're all sitting here talking about being parents. Um, because because we talked about it with somebody else last night. I, can, I can't remember. Who, oh, I was talking with Susan, mm. your wife, mm. and um, and we were talking about Mike, who I adore and love. But Mike has I I think Mike kind of has three sides to his personality. There's the like re- at least I'm three dimensional. Yes, oh, that's nice. The th- like the ridiculously <laughs> crass, like insane. Jeez, insane. I've never seen that part. You're, t- <laughs> you're kidding me. <laughs> Wow. Then there's like the middle of the Mike road where where he like kind of goes, you know, a little bit on on either side. And then there's like the Mike that I get at home who's who's pretty respectable. I hate to blow that cover no, I'm for sure. you, but um but but you know, every once in a while Uber crazy crass Mike does show up at the house. And I 
I always wonder. He like, does that just so he can tell us about it later. Probably. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Sometimes. Sometimes and, it is a stunt. There's and, no doubt about it. And Ellie's husband, Adam, is my boss. He is the creator of Undateable on NBC, March 17th. March 17th, coming back after The Voice. <laughs> yes. Um, and he's he's not as crass as oh Mike. Oh, my God. He's like... He's such a sweet Midwest boy. No way. <laughs> but, he blushed right now across town, <laughs> just knowing that we're talking about any of this. But but he has he does have his levels of being a guy and he's and, a comedy writer. Too, yeah, and he's right? a comedy yeah. writer. And so he's a very masculine person. I feel like I should defend him. He, right now. Yes, he yes. has moments. He has all of his moments are yeah as a strong man. But like, where is the line? Like, in terms of when you have young children in the house, you know, and Mike has. Things on his phone that would be very inappropriate for our daughter to see. How about the things he was teaching her to say last couple of days ago? Maybe, oh, maybe I, not aware yes. of this. No, I know. <laughs> should we, as Ellie looks at me, what? Maybe we should post that video on our, our on Loveline Show. No, and they, no. Well, I'm, I'm afraid saying, you'll get arrested. But uh, <laughs> I didn't. Okay. I'm just afraid. All right. Do you want? I don't think it's. I don't think it's reportable, but okay. it just scares me. I like to send Drew a lot of pictures and 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 let me let me clarify first for drew's sake i sent him these pictures because i know drew hates it and that's what i enjoy about it and he sends it to there's a group of us yeah and it's it's actually your wife's fault do you know this it's your fault why because you came on here one day oh yeah and she came on here we we went what is with the picture and she goes i just think it's his way of telling you that he's thinking about you (laughs) And and to which my wife went well, why doesn't he ever send me those pictures? Uh, and it's really whole, Susan's fault. It started a whole thing, <laughs> and we are still living under that to this day. So, uh, yeah. And and Drew, you didn't help yourself any because you said, "Man, it really is kind of funny." I'll be sitting on one side of my house, and all of a sudden, I'll oh, hear yeah. on the other side of my house, ah! <laughs> yeah. my wife screaming. I yeah. know that you've sent her something yeah. that she enjoys, and and I just laugh my ass off. Okay, all right. That's what really got. Going. Okay, but, but so, so I send Drew these pictures of like women with. Prolapsed asshole or like gaping butt, like these like this horrible conversation for your audience. These mm-hmm. huge horrible like porn top like, five family and kids. <laughs> I send him women who have, through whatever abuse they've suffered, they think it's a good idea to to turn their butthole butthole inside out. He, he just sends macabre and horrible yeah. images. They're That's horrible. Yeah. But so my question for you, Drew, is yeah. like, what it, what is the impact of even? Like at this age, let's say we don't know, right? I, I, but I, I, I warned him jokingly, but you're going to get it back soon, fast. All of a yeah. sudden, you, those words that you're saying will yeah. come back to you because they are absorbing everything. Right. It may not traumatize them. It may not, uh, you know, warp their perceptions, but they're 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 picking everything because up. like everything. If she, because if the she good had... news is that what they're she's in an environment that's very you know really what they're picking up is the sort of the affective environment. You know what it feels like and looks like, and right. you know how how attached they are to mom, and how how regulated you, how much you help them regulate their emotions, and the stuff he's doing is even in that regulatory con- context, which is kind of an interesting little thing. Right. But the words are just being kind of they're going to get absorbed. Right. They're, they're not being absorbed as something bad. They're just being absorbed in the process. And they're going to come back because in the beginning it's it's just the mimicry, right? It's yeah. just she's just yeah. saying what he says or That's what right. I say. It, it's it's that that. And so I think I talked about this a little bit on the Mark Maron thing that intersubjective space, that space of two humans sharing. Yeah, yes. that, that's really the, that's that's a huge area of study these days, and it's where all the magic happens, in my opinion. So it's it's the most important piece of the human experience, and it's been largely sort of marginalized. 
And, it and really, so that's just being fully present with the other person. Being present in, in being attuned with your whole body and with your, well, particularly we think it's the right brain that you're using. I feel like using. we're doing it right now. We're having a moment. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. We're a li- I'm li- very we're, attuned to you, Dr. That's Kirk. good. I like that. It makes me feel good. Well, and, speaking and, of that, if I can interrupt, was I right that Ellie is your Aryan yes. dream? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait till you meet Ellie, because I know Dr. Drew's type. And I was like, oh, man, is Drew going to be just <laughs> filling up his Levi's? Oh, oh, my, oh my goodness. God. Um, wait, going back to my husband really quickly, because you said filling up Levi's and I. Yeah. Um, my mother-in-law listens to you guys, this podcast, every night before she yeah. goes to bed. The Love Line podcast. No, this one. The she Mike listens to the Mike and Drew podcast? Oh, yeah. No way. Yeah, That's she only does. once probably a week. Shouldn't. Oh, she does. What? She probably should. only once She's a week. Oh, well then, it's once it's a week a love she line one. No, no, she does listen to this one. The, the impossible. No, I swear she does. She, she, not, she would not allow you on the show. No, because she asked me over the summer, we were at their little, like, great-grandparents' cottage, and she goes... I never knew what squirting was. Oh. Well, that Dude. could be the podcast. Yeah, you know, I was going to say it could, could be love line. Could be love yeah, No, listen, but she knows about this I hope too. She I'm doesn't, telling you, she I got hope me she on doesn't it. listen to this podcast because no, I mean, let me give you a little little taste of what we no. tend to cover. Last time we went through a bracket where we decided who <laughs> had like, the, like like a like a like a college, NCAA, yeah, NCAA college basketball bracket where Drew and I decided with with all the science we had available to us who had the biggest butthole in Hollywood. <laughs> I promise you, she listens. And we, who do we say? Yeah, Tom Cruise, your mom or your, st- your uh, my mother in law? She's the coolest person. She is. I believe Tom Cruise Wait, has the biggest Wait, say that again because she'll make that her like, What's her name? Voicemail. Lynn Stekiel. Lynn Stekiel is the coolest person on earth. Literally. <laughs> Merry Christmas, mom. <laughs> I, I have a question for Dr. Drew for the sake of the Atomic Moms here. Uh, we are happy to be joined by Ellie Noss and uh, my beautiful wife, Bianca Kylik, who are the Atomic Moms, an excellent podcast about. Um, all the phases and all the different experiences that come along with being a mother. And, um, you know, a, a big part of the Atomic Moms is that there's no judgment there. Um, there's so many kind of subgenres and factions within motherhood nowadays because we, we are a, lucky enough and also burdened to be in a place where there's so much information. So there's a lot of people who think it's mandatory that you breastfeed. Mm. mandatory that you eat a placenta and have your birth at home and then there's people who are just as uh just as strict and just as um passionate to the contrary uh everybody has their own opinion it seems um what do you dr drew find to be the most disturbing kind of uh point that's being made for mother young mothers nowadays like the big kind of trend that you as a doctor see as a problem and then what do you think is being overlooked as a doctor in, in modern uh, motherhood and, and giving birth and stuff like well, that? well i've already mentioned the one thing the 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 importance of i don't want to just throw it under the the rubric of attachment because people have those conversations all the time attachment parenting is so important but they really don't know what they're talking about 90 percent of the time right. and so because very few people have actually had the experience of a secure attachment, a real secure attachment, right. so they don't reproduce it well with their children. So That's a good a- point, and and I and I certainly don't have any qualifications to say that, but I do knowing with the calls we take nightly on Love Line, yeah. there's this whole lot of abuse in this country. Yeah, a abuse, abandonment, neglect, shitty parenting, yeah. all this stuff. It, I mean, there's a whole gradation of yeah. it. I mean, even yeah. just what we would think is like a normal person it's has not a hard good. time. That's with right. It. By it's, the way, it's there, massive. It's there's massive. a great book. Um, called Real Love that's uh, that talks about that and talks by about by Mary J. Blige. I believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, babe. Thanks, honey. <laughs> 
Um, but t- but talks about the cyclical nature of of the um, lack of unconditional love, and that we don't even know what real love cyclical is. Cyclical nature, meaning like in certain periods of history. No, well, meaning that that our parents didn't experience unconditional love. So we that, transgenerational. Trans- stuff, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, very common. And and you throw wars and translocation and immigration stuff into the mix, yeah. and now you've got it. Yeah. And and that's kind of where in certain populations, slavery or genocide. Or, I mean, think yeah. of all the different things that have happened the last 150 years. Just insane. And uh, that is why we have so much narcissism or so much in the sort of narcissistic category of, of personalities right now. And those are people that don't make great parents unless they really are carefully shown how to do this. It's really, it's really not something, you know, there are th- people say, oh, go back to work. That's it. That's it. We, you know, parenting, give me the recipe for parenting. I can't say how many times I go out lecture like, yeah, just give me the, we, last week we had a general, general in here tell, teaching us how to make great leaders so that he gave us the recipe for a great leader. Tell me the recipe for, for great kids and write, you know, so we can just follow that recipe. Right. That, that is the anathema to the way it's done. That, that's even that kind of language is wrong. It's, yeah. you know, here's what you do. Sit there and see what occurs to you as you attune to your child's mm-hmm. body. That's a language they don't understand. Do you know what it reminds me of a little bit is diets. I feel like there are, you know, like South Beach diet or um, the, what's the one, the, the protein one? Or the blood, blood, blood type diet. Oh, uh, anything. But it's macrobiotic, like people are, free. people are, instead of going out and just f- learning about nutrition and learning this is what makes you feel but, good. But the problem is people, there are again, it, my, my kids just, my daughter the other day was saying to me, she was, I think the problem in this country is nobody really has a full education anymore. And now that they're sort of on the end, end tail end of that, I thought, I thought I've always thought that no one's taught biology. So how the hell can you study nutrition if you've never studied biology? Right. You've never studied chemistry. How the hell is something as complex as nutrition if you don't understand basic chemistry or basic biochem- biochemistry? You mean basic biochemistry? No way. Nobody well, knows and, that. And I think that, uh, Drew, uh, to transition into another topic that I, I comes up and is very important to a lot of young mothers. Stop it. I'm going to finish that thought. But the same applies to psychology and interpersonal experiences. They don't have the basic building blocks of yeah. how we work as human beings. I'm yeah. sorry. Is, you know, and uh, we, we unfortunately have to take a quick break. But yeah. I want to, Drew, ruminate on this for a second. Yeah. And it's that of vaccines. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't, I am I, not, well, I don't have a dog in the fight. But I do find it that you know find it odd that sometimes the most vocal voices in either camp are people who have no real understanding of how the human body works yes, as a whole. Yes, just please study. Know? Yeah, study biology. So, That's all. Study yeah. biology, and it gets pretty obvious. Um, and, we, we have right. to unfortunately take a real quick break here on the Mike and Dr. Drew show, which has turned into Mike and Dr. Drew slash the Atomic Moms here uh, in this podcast studio. So don't move. Craft vapory. Look, if you're into vaping, I know practically everyone is, and you should be. If you're a smoker, try to transition into vaping because. Every, anything's better than cigarettes, man. I don't like to see I, people dying. That, I don't know how great vaping is, but I know how bad cigarettes are. That's right. So vaping is the new thing. I Here in Venice Beach where I live, it's like a new vape bar everywhere. Uh, but craft Vapory, the guys behind it, they're good people. They came in. They talked to Dr. Drew and I. They gave us the bottom line on how they came about their product and their process and their business. Solid dudes, local company, Former smokers that are using their own products to try to kick the habit, the nasty habit. So don't waste any time or money with other stuff. Go to craftvapory.com. That's craftvapory.com. And enter the promo code LOVELINE at checkout. So check this. You save 20% off in the shop and 40% off subscriptions from now through December 31st. That's pretty considerable. Craft Vapory, the only way to vape. Craft Vapory, that's C-R-A-F-T-V-A-P-E-R-Y dot com. Use the promo code LOVELINE at checkout. Hey, Dr. Drew. Yeah, Mike. I pretty much, uh, look, I never bought anything online in my life until I met my wife. 
Oh, and, seriously? Uh, now all I do is go to Amazon. Uh, yeah, I buy pretty much everything on Amazon. And if you want to support somebody that has an affiliate relationship with with Amazon, you go to their website, you click through the Amazon banner, and at zero cost to you, Amazon shares some of the purchase price with the affiliate. Why are for, you being so nice about it and saying somebody with an affiliate relationship? You're right, Mike. I should be more specific. Forget an affiliate, some vague affiliate. Let's go to Podcast One where you can find the Loveline podcast, the Loveline page. Bookmark that page and just click through on the Amazon banner located at the top of the homepage. You can even use the Amazon banner if you're in Canada or the UK. It makes it easy for all future purchases. Again, it is podcastone.com. Click on the Keep It Free banner to support Amazon and all the wonderful sponsors that make the show possible. Hey, I'm two-time survivor Rob Sesternino and host of Rob Has a Podcast right here on Podcast One. I'm breaking down what just happened on reality TV competitions like Survivor, Big Brother, The Amazing Race, and more. We're talking with all your favorite players and interviewing the new contestants after they get eliminated about just how badly they screwed everything up. So come on over and talk about reality TV with me on Rob Has a Podcast in the TV and film section here on Podcast One anytime or at least until they vote me out. All right, welcome back to the Mike and Dr. Drew show. Excuse me, Mike and Dr. Drew show slash Atomic Moms. Uh, I am not just saying this because I am I am clearly biased because Ellie Noss, who is one of the uh, one half of the Atomic Moms, is my wife's boss's my wife's boss's wife, and also is super hot. But you'd have me anyway. Right? Yeah, I would. I'm, I'm curious more what you liked about the Mark Maron thing too, because because again, it was such an alternative st- before we get state there, I was in. Before we get there, let me remind everybody: the other half of the yes. Atomic Moms is my wife, Bianca Kylik, and they make Woo! a great podcast. They, they're working on; uh, they're only like what five episodes deep, mm-hmm. I, and yeah. uh, and uh, I honestly, you guys are you're you're both naturals, and I'm not just saying that. Um, it's it's not an easy thing to do to talk. For the sake of not in conversation, to talk for entertainment, it's it's hard. I just happen to think there's a there's a great website called Kids in the House. Are you familiar with that? Mm-mm. And on there are little like three minute videos from ex- great experts. If you want to get potential guests for Ooh, your show, just idea. scroll through those videos and topics and things. You'll okay. find people to be great for your show. They're, they're very a lot of media worthy people who know how to express themselves. Awesome. All right, so now we will get back to what Doctor Drew was talking about. Mark Mar- Mar- Doctor Drew was recently on Mark Maron's podcast, and it was. Uh, I, I tweeted about it, and essentially what I said was, as my wife and I listened to it uh, together in a, in a long car ride, you can't really pay enough money to get entertainment that high value. It was so, so dense. It was so deep. It was so uh, entertaining. Just Mark and, and I talking. I know, but it, but the type of guy Mark is, he's yeah. so in, he's so smart, and he's and he, he has that acerbic wit. He's so sharp, but he's also pretty fearless as far as opening up about his insecurities. Mm. And and you there in a in a form that you're not usually there. You're not usually afforded, and that's where you can really speak your mind and mm-hmm. talk about things that are important to you, not important to whatever producer is behind right. pulling strings. I was surprised at how many similarities there are between you and Mike because – No kidding. I, I And I, I asked him on the drive. I was like, have you guys talked about this? And he's like, well, not – I mean, not really. It was like – but I, it was – We're was just dudes. We don't, have, we don't hang on talk. <laughs> I know. But I was um, I was very surprised by that. I was so uh, there were so many things that I looked at Mike and I was like, oh my god, that could they could be talking about you right now, mm-hmm. except for the huge cock, Drew. They were they were big penis. You yeah. gonna edit that out for your guys for your family <laughs> audience? Well, what really struck me was the when you were talking about anxiety mm. because I've spent the past seven years um, working on my anxiety mm-hmm. and I've actually 
been writing a book about it. Mm. But um, I was just blown away by how brave you were talking about it, about, you know, sitting across from a therapist and not feeling anything in the dissociation. Oh, yeah. When I was in those dead spots. Learn how to connect crazy. again. Crazy. And so but that was the turned out to be for me. That was the critical thing. I mean, that was where my anxiety was coming from. Who knew it? You couldn't find that. It was just through years of deep work that, poo, there it was. And once I could tolerate the, the emptiness, and it was in, in emptiness is, again, another common thing when you've had narcissistic injuries. And uh, when I could tolerate the emptiness, I could feel it. I could mm-hmm. be in it. I could sit in it. And, and the anxiety tended to go away. And, I, and it also afforded me opportunity to regulate more fully in other ways. You yeah, know, I've been noticing, like, even being here, just like the dysregulation of my system, and like, okay, I'm my sympathetic nervous system is spiking up, like I'm getting yeah. higher and higher. And how do you think that affects your daughter? Um, I'm super in check with it with mm. her, and and I'm so glad that I've spent the past few years or many years doing different things to work on it, so that I was able to have the birth that I had and be the parent I am. And if I hadn't done that, I would be. You know, it would just, I don't want to say anything about, I'm going to get in trouble, but. You'd spin. Sorry? You'd spin. Yeah, I'd spin yeah. and and it would just be like it was for the past probably five generations in my family. Right. And I feel like I'm trying to how change your, that. How has your daughter affected your anxiety though? How I mean, you're talking about how you it could potentially affect her. How has she maybe either exacerbated or oh, no. lessened She's, your anxiety well, when she's crying i can feel yeah. it you know like that you know or she's screaming in the back seat of the car and i'm like okay don't get in a wreck but normally um even just thinking about like holding her little feet like it just grounds me um and i feel so much more relaxed um and our breath is in sync mm. that's, it's a, a very- that's the attunement it's a very grounding experience having a child. You yeah, know. it's interesting. I, I listen to Ellie say that. I, that's the same word that I've used lately when I'm talking to people about it. Is it it centers you and it brings you, uh, it, it connects you. You know, we do the when we do the Doctor Pratt stuff, the yeah. um, Code to Joy, and they always there's one part of the exercise that's grounding and you envision your core connected to the earth. And I feel like that's what Magnolia has done is taken that that imagery and made it very real and and concrete for me. Um, I feel like I increase your anxiety more than our daughter does. Increase? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, the only thing I ever really notice increasing Bianca's anxiety, who she, I don't think she's embarrassed talking about no. the fact that she suffers from some anxiety uh, problems every once in a while. Uh, a lot better in the last I, four I or five years. I had horrific yeah. anxiety from about 17 to – it started after a really bad experience with ecstasy. And that's that's a, a typical thing, right? That that's He kind can of, mess that up yeah. and cause panic and things. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's an age in which panic gets going. You know, yeah. About 18 to 22. That's when I started having panic attacks at 19. Yeah. They're horrible. And, I, yeah, these drugs will bring all that out. They open that circuitry out. Pop can do it. XC can do it. Stimulants can do it. Yeah. I think I was really lucky, actually, that I had such bad anxiety because I think I would have been very open to try a lot of different mm. things, and, mm. and that really nipped it in the bud. Like, I, when I moved to L.A., I was done. I was not trying anything else. <laughs> um, you know, um, but, uh, you know, I wonder that, too, about, like, with our kids, you know, especially – now because i feel like the social anxiety and and because of social media and kind of that we're not i don't know i I was talking to someone the other day i don't know if it was you and i having this conversation ellie or not but 
about there isn't even any long term effects shown yet of what social yeah, we have no media. Idea. Yeah, we have no idea. I, I just would would we be surprised if you took a group of bonobo monkeys and sat them in front of a screen with all this kind of crazy stuff being pouring down on them that it might affect their behavior? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and would that be shocking? You know, yeah. so we we really don't know yet what the full impact is going to be. Plus, it's, it's, wait, do you see how difficult it is to? control it rains down on your kids right well that's we had what all I was the about nanny gear we could possibly get and we watched like crazy and i'm sure stuff still got through and i, I also am i'm more concerned about at least for society as a whole is like how this next generation of children's growing up <laughs> now my child's generation how like they're going to consume art and media because you're not going to be able to have any weighted pauses in movies. You're not going to have any breaths to be taken in a stand-up. Com- or, or, or maybe going to have to be like maybe condensed we'll, in a forty seconds. Maybe and, it will. There'll be some opportunity for stuff to swing back. Maybe with, within the hyperspeed stuff, yeah. there'll be some other stuff. It, it's uh, hard to predict. That that's that's what it again. seems like that with podcasts, right? I mean, that's sort uh, of like a long form. Yeah, right. Thing, it's a it's but, a slower, more mature conversation. Well, it's it's funny to me that in an. <laughs> The the entity that's you know most likely going to destroy talk radio is trying very hard to get back to the golden age of talk radio. You know, like podcasts. I said, the best podcasts are just really good talk radio shows from like the seventies, where excluding the fact that you there's no FCC regulation, mm-hmm. but you know, old fashioned talk radio used to be guys having real conversations, like, and that's you don't get that very much anymore on regular radio anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, there's still bastions of hope, but. Um, in, in and the great podcasts, and also look, there's there would be flat out no place in on a terrestrial site. Certainly, I don't know about on Sirius or whatnot, but there's a, there's no place for a, a mom show, and that's mm-hmm. the beauty of a podcast. It's like you guys want to talk about it. I'm sure there's plenty of people that are interested. Boom, done. Well, we've said it ourselves. So everyone, anyone can do a podcast <laughs> from your basement. I mean, yeah. there's no. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys, because both of you have your own lives, professionally and personally, outside of doing this podcast, how much of, how, are you are you at all surprised to see how invested you guys are, or or how not invested you are? I mean, is it just like, hey, this is fun, but you're indifferent, or has this become something much larger than you ever anticipated it would be? Kind of talking to being being able to be a podcaster and, and talk about mom stuff. Well, it and- feels crazy to have something that's within our control. I mean, because I think for both of us in the in the acting world, it's like you're, you're so used to everything being so out of your control. Yeah. So to have something where we get to kind of call the shots and be our own bosses in a way has been awesome. Um, and it gives you a focus, you know, takes away from the, like, you know, as an actor, you feel like everything's always about the next job and what's, you know, what the next audition meeting, whatever. And I don't know about you, Ellie, but for me, it's like, okay, this is ours and we can do whatever we want with it, you know, within reason. And it's really fun. Yeah, it's really it fun. It feels exciting. Like, I bet I feel you think about it all week. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who, who can we talk to? And yeah. What do we want to discuss? And it's never ending. And I have a quick question for you. Mm. Um, are we going to screw up our children because we have a podcast where we talk about them? No. <laughs> although, although I was worried that I worry about my kids similar kind of way. Am I going to screw them up? I mean, I'm already time? like think I'm already spiraling about my parents yeah. being like, we did not pressure you. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, but Drew, you you raised three really great kids, doing Loveline all of their lives. Yeah, and you, I think you towed the line perfectly in that you mentioned that you had them and you you bring up certain maybe struggles of being a parent, but you didn't talk particularly about either of your any of no. your children and they it, their really, business is their business they weren't really aware that i was doing it really and they'd come when they come and 
visit, we'd keep them in the other rooms and stuff. So until recently, so, and I farted until Mike you. showed up, and just then wrecked all, your son. Broke gas. down all those yeah. boundaries. Yeah, uh, but Bianca's looking concerned. By the way, yeah. <laughs> really. no, I was I was actually just thinking one step further to that question of like, what about all, you know people posting all these photos of their kids and. Then you get into the whole celebrity thing and like with people taking pictures, like, you know, what do celebrity kids think? The people, paparazzi's always there taking. That's photos insane. Of them. No, you're right. I mean, Surrey Cruz must think that that like every kid in the world has people constantly taking pictures of them. Like, you know, she she doesn't know anybody. It's not her fault. She's a little kid, right. so she was raised in a world where every day of her life people are constantly taking pictures of her when she goes out. She that's just normalized to her. I was thinking about that when I was looking at Jay-Z and Beyonce's Christmas pictures, and they have their beautiful little kid. And, and I'm like, that little girl, as young as she is, thinks everyone in the world has a private jet and has a 35-foot mm. Christmas tree. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, she, she doesn't know any better. It's, that's all she's been exposed to, you know? Just like I was shocked to find out, like, I always think about, like, how, at what age I learned, like, not every dad carries a briefcase to work. You know, like, little things that you just... Because that was normalized. That yeah. was my life. My dad do. carried a briefcase and put on a tie to go to work. Then I re- I didn't know that there was like guys who could wear t-shirts to go to to work. I didn't understand that. It didn't compute. But what about? And this is an interesting question for you, Drew, because you've ex- probably experienced this with your kids. Like nobody knew who my parents were. Yeah. You know, like my mom was a nurse. My dad was a doctor. They were had normal little lives. Um, what is it it's like? I have friends that have celebrity parents, and it's yeah. like they grew up thinking that everyone in the world cares about us and knows what we're doing. Yeah. Be just normal parents. Yeah. Don't don't let just make sure they understand it's just part of your job. Yeah. It's just your job, and yeah. it, that doesn't affect your family life. It doesn't affect how you go through life. It doesn't mean anything. It's just just the job. And although I just had an interesting experience with my daughter last week, where it, it took on a different new dimension. Where um, normally I just like I completely very dismissive of everything, just like eh, whatever, whatever, whatever. And and they have a little weird stuff in college, you know. They and they get very upset about that. Like people want to know me because of you. you know, and that's they managed to navigate through that where it's not been much of an issue. Yeah, your sons don't use it to their advantage. Right, much against my and advice. Mike's been trying to get them to use it. Now that they've shaken free of it, he's trying to get them to use it. Probably, he'll get to them. Uh, but but. Uh, I was in New York last week, and the, all the demonstrations were happening, and some of them happened right in front of our, our apartment. And um, I was taking pictures, and my daughter started texting me. She's like, you have to go out there. And I, I go, yeah, I'm feeling sympathetic. I feel like I should. And I'm, then I'm thinking, oh, yeah, CNN's going to love this. It's just impossible. I, and she goes, you have to. You're a public figure. Do you understand the statement that will oh, make? Wow. You are going. And I was like, whoa, honey, hang on. Whoa. I want to go. I have, I've got – I'm – you know, I've got these this organization I've got to check with, and they were like, "No, you're not going out there." So, but and she could not understand that. Yeah, that, that to her was sort of like a. Uh, wasn't that she was crestfallen? She was pissed, yeah. like like pussy. Yeah. You know, get out there <laughs> yeah. and get out there to show support. But I and I've <laughs> I've asked you this before, Drew, and I think this is a very interesting parenting question. And I go, how much of that is her rallying against her father, and how much of that is she's a really smart, super liberal college girl? You know both. What I'm like, it's both. Yeah. I know. I know. It's both. I get it. I get what it is, and I, and I'm and I admire it too. I, yeah. I want to pay pay like credit to it. I want to to uh, not really uh, what's the word I'm looking for, but but honor it. And uh, I couldn't. I, I was yeah. stuck. Where I, had, I called producers. And I called. How about if I go there? Like, oh, you're not going there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. And, and I thought, well, it's not because she's not going to like this. And and I've I've actually had to apologize to her a few times. Go look. I will try to be more. 
conscious in my choices because she is so politically tuned in right. that if I do something that undermines her political position, I'm this public figure that's undermining what she values. It's very interesting. I, I, I wonder, you know, thinking about how women get undermined for their what their values are and what their value is as a person. And part of it's just look, it's just the nature of the beast. You know, the, the animal of man, male human it, it just prioritizes female beauty so much higher than anything. Um, it, it's it's unfortunate, but at the same time, that's just part of the deal. How do you guys – I mean, do you think that there's any chance that we as men and as fathers and as husbands understand the immense pressures that are put on women to either, A, have children if they don't want to. You know, like there's that always – a woman gets to be like, eh, 35, and it's like – Never curious what it was like to have kids? You know, like, a woman can't just be old and not have kids without people asking what's up. And then if she does, it's like, so you just going to give up on your career? And if she does give up on her career, it's like, oh, it's a, you give up on your career. You know, women. there's always, you know like, this pressure from – like, it just doesn't apply to men. I certainly have pressure from being a dad and pressure to be successful in my industry, but nothing like nothing like Bianca faces, and I'm sure most women yeah, out but, there. But you know what? I don't think it's a man-woman question at all. I think I wish women were kinder to each other and more understanding oh. to each other oh. about that than, than about everything. Starting starting everything. when they're twelve. Wait to see you're waiting till your daughters turn twelve. No. You'll be I was shocked. 12. No, I won't you, be it, shocked. It, <laughs> but you've seen how they become little animals and they just attack Horrible. each other and it it's doesn't like let up. That, that is a learned behavior though. That's not uh, no, there appears to be some You think it something is something of the but when the hormones turn on and the it just it's what just it, Yeah, what, I just like I said, I'm sorry to interrupt but I just because it's there it doesn't mean it has to be tolerated. Yeah. I think that yeah. uh, just like you say, I, that's not learned behavior. There's a, just like it's not learned behavior for 15 year old boys to punch each other. It just right. happens. There, like you it, just like get rough, rough and tumble and... play in 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 uh, male mammals is universal. Right. Rough you, and tumble. We beat universal. off. We beat off and we beat ma- each other ma- up. Male monkeys. Male monkeys will hump everything until they reach puberty. Hormones turn on exclusively females. And it's just that's just the nature of but, the biology. But what is, what is the purpose of women being that way towards each other? What uh, does it? Well, it, it's it, you can look at the anthropology of it, yeah, right? Yeah. It's it's shunning behavior ultimately. It's a way of controlling the social functions of the group. Right. It, it's if you Queen know. Queen bee. Does it have something about how how they? Hope to make those women appear to other men. Is it like a maybe there, like there is controlling some of, some of it is, is some of it is is mate selection. There, mm-hmm. It's it's what becomes mate selection later. Yeah, and some of it is you know, what's going to happen. You know, allocation of resources during childbearing. I mean, if you look at in the in the bush, you know yeah. how, how the anthropology of this. Now, and so so here now it rains down on us in 2014-15. Doesn't have to be tolerated. We should be getting twelve year old girls aside and going, hey hey, mm-mm, this is not. This, I know you feel this way, but we gotta. Yeah, we gotta. You gotta. Right now, right. it's not. It's, it's a very not, good point because instinctively, I mean, this may sound crazy, but instinctively, rapes not all that far off from what male animals probably do. You know, like we see attractive women, we probably in you know a, a thousand plus years ago just took it. It doesn't mean it has to be tolerated as we've evolved. Yeah. I mean, I think that shaming behavior is probably. I, I go to colleges and I say, and I, I point this out, and I talk about. You know why? Why, for instance, there's a double standard for female sexuality, and male sexuality, and the literature is extremely clear about that. The double standard is initiated by men, but sustained by women, hundred percent. Men don't care. Right. Men don't care. But women, are like, oh, she's a ho. Stay away from her. Men, women will go around to the males and say, don't hang out with her because she has sex, as a way of 
trying to control the sexual behavior of other women who might be a competitor to them. Yeah. And and I'm like, why do you do this? If you don't like the double standard, stop it. Yeah. Stop it, women. Support each other. Love each other. Get get you. You are. It's so painful at whatever age to be any male or female. But why do you have to make it that much worse? And and then complain about it as though it's the men creating it or, or the man's creating it. No, it's the woman. It's the yeah, well, and this is the point of really of our podcast, I think, is we just got tired of, uh, you know, a motherhood should be this like all inclusive, like where you're joining the, the the family here. And and it's the it's the worst place if you go on any forum of any of the um, types of parenting or birthing. Why? Why? Maybe they're, it's the hormones. Aw- they're, they're <laughs> awful to each other. They're so judgmental yeah. and so opinionated and so horrible to each other. So this is what's got to stop. Yeah. This uh, I mean, men, men, at least when we do it, we do it like violently and suddenly and then we let it go. Yeah. It's, it's way more irrational, but it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's but that, that, it clarity. breaks my heart to, to think that we're still that way. It yeah. doesn't need to be. If you guys can solve that one. We're working on n- it. Number one podcast, I predict, on all of <laughs> iTunes. Everybody, Dr. Drew's records referring to the podcast of these two lovely ladies who have been nice enough to share their podcast with us. They are Ellie Noss and Bianca Kylik. They are the Atomic Moms. Uh, Atomic Moms, at Atomic Moms on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook. Facebook, there you go. And then, of course, just listen to you guys at Sideshow Network or anywhere podcasts can be found. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. And remember, assalamu alaikum, and we love you. Good night. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program. When you're ready to buy a car, you got to go True Car because True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Everyday True Car users receive negotiation free guaranteed savings, and True Car users save an average of $3,221 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. Dr. Drew? First, download the True Car mobile app or go to truecar.com to find out what others paid for the car you want. Then, second, register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Yes, and third. Third, it's simple. Take your guaranteed savings certificate to the True Car certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states with True Car you can save time, save money, and never, ever overpay. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the True Car mobile app or visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com.